0: Hello, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. And on today's podcast, episode 115, my returning guest is Elizabeth Rotoff. Elizabeth is a seasoned performer, a successful private music teacher, and a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and helps people to manage their stress. Our conversation today is fantastic. Now, before I welcome Elizabeth onto the podcast, a friendly reminder, if you are interested in going to the National Association of Teachers of Singing Convention in the beautiful town of Knoxville, you are running out of time to take advantage of the early bird savings. April 1st is the deadline. Make sure to get your tickets. There are links in the show notes. Now... On to our interview. Welcome back to the podcast, Elizabeth Rotop, How are you? I am fine. It's great to be here, Nikki. I uh, I'm curious. How has winter been out in
1: Winnipeg? How is how are things out there? Uh, it's been quite a rise and fall. You know, sometimes it's near zero, we've had a few slushy days and then it drops down like today I think it's minus twenty. That's Celsius. And <laughs> for those
0: who aren't in Celsius, let's just say that that is really, really cold. Um Yeah. Now have you you are uh you are a a runner. Have you been running outside? Or are you staying inside with the... No. No, I've been on my treadmill.
1: Yes. (laughs) I love or as we call it, the dreadmill.
0: The dreadmill. Oh, we just we just got a treadmill, I have to say. Yeah. I uh, after last year we had so much ice. Uh, we had, we had a weird winter last year. It was like very cold, then it would melt. So there's all this ice on the sidewalks and walking anywhere was treacherous. So we actually invested in a dreadmill and I have to say, I really like it. Like having it in the house and being able to, you know, watch a video or read something when I'm walking is so helpful. Uh, well, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, Elizabeth, you're very much, uh, my go-to, and many people's go-to when it comes to wellness for our singers. You are presenting in Knoxville this year. Um, Eat, sing, and be merry for uh, uh, nutrition for for singers, which is a great topic. But today, we are talking about another one of your presentations, uh, which is stress management for singers. And I think this is so important yes. because... Oh man, I got a lot of, I got a lot of students of all ages who bring all of their stress and anxiety right into my teaching studio and um, it's difficult to manage. It's, it's, they, that energy comes into our, into our place of, of where we work and, and I, you, it's exhausting. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. What was the motivation for, for this presentation?
1: Well, Just to bring awareness that so often we focus really just on performance anxiety for singers, but mm. it's the stress of our everyday lives can really impact our singing as well. Mm-hmm. And not just our students, ourselves as teachers too, because we're doing all the things as well. And some of us are teaching as well as performing and it can make for a very busy life. And of course, relationships within that too can cause stress and Deadlines, and there's so much coming at us uh, with the demands of the industry and the competitiveness, Mm. the uh, feelings of self-worth, sometimes financial problems. These can all crop up as stress and cause mental health issues for singers. And, of course, it can also aggravate performance anxiety. Of course, of course. Now... Where do you
0: start with this? What, what, where, where do we want to start when we're dealing with a student or ourselves and we, we recognize that, man, we are just not managing well? Where do we start?
1: Well, I think, first of all, we need to recognize whether it's what we call acute stress or chronic stress. Mm. So acute stress is a threat that is temporary, so our fight-or-flight instinct takes over and mm-hmm. we can deal with it in just a matter of moments or you know half an hour even whether it's a day but chronic stress is more pervasive and our modern society sets us up for stress yeah. there is so much going on constantly even just our cell phones you know having push notifications coming at us constantly oh yes. and and then of course for our kids that we work with they're so overextended and you know all these things it can cause what we uh, systemic inflammation so that can also cause illness so mm-hmm. if you're getting sick frequently or getting vocally fatigued or even just feeling fatigued those are all signs of possible chronic fatigue and then of course gaining getting things like general anxiety or even depression can be symptoms of this chronic stress because it's part of um, how our brain works. Mm-hmm. So it's the, you know, the hippocampus, the amygdala and the hypothalamus are all involved in that. Mm-hmm. And um, and the thing too is that the hippocampus, which is affected by stress responses, is also our regulator of memory and learning emotional behavior and it really you know this memory and learning especially is something that as singers we need we rely on of course of course and, and it can be impaired by this chronic stress mm. so so what happens in chronic stress is that the amygdala hijacks the brain so then the prefrontal cortex isn't working quite as well and it's releasing all these stress hormones uh, you know your adrenaline and norepinephrine and uh, they're also like the dopamine and it just is shooting through your body constantly and it can cause uh, oxidative stress so it causes um, all sorts of things that happening in the brain which yeah will affect our, our functioning so and then we can't think uh, rationally as well so sometimes that happens and I know that sometimes you know if you've had the acute stress feeling where just all of a sudden everything seems surreal around you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, but when we're in chronic stress that sort of becomes a state and it's sometimes what people are referring to as brain fog as well because yeah because they're just not being able to focus and function properly. Mm. So, so knowing whether someone is dealing with something just in a moment, you know, they just had a bad day, or whether this is a more pervasive problem and you see a student coming in over time always not being able to focus and that sort of thing, then it's time to start asking some questions and see if they are over, overextended, for some young kids, it might even, as much as we want them to be singing, it's time for them to start to maybe decide with their families of what their actual priorities are. Because, of course, as singing teachers, I mean, one of our biggest things is do no harm, mm. right, to the voice. And if we're pushing them and making them do things that they just can't, do because they're so overstressed, then we might be causing harm. So it might actually be time to even have a conversation, that uh, is singing the right thing for you at this time.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up because I recently, uh, I recently had to deal with this in my studio. Um, I have a lot of teenagers or young people that are just in high school. So they're now dealing with new time constraints they are dealing with their first round of exams and the amount of stress that these kids were were dealing with was so apparent and i we didn't talk about you know should you be choosing singing over something else but what we did do was we we did not sign up for examinations this year and we, yeah. we chose a more uh, a, a more fun not to say that exams aren't fun question mark huh <laughs> thoughts about that but anyhow um no like but i'm glad i'm really glad you brought that up because I, I yeah i when our when our kids get into high school their their time changes many of my kids have part-time jobs they're navigating you know new friendships and time management and you know if I have a student that's not, you know, career track, I'm going to offer other opportunities for them that are not so, that don't have so much pressure weighing on them.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, so Absolutely. We have to, you know, do what's best for them. And we can continue. I mean, I went right to the hard conversation. But sometimes, yeah, it could be just lessening your expectations and not know that they will not be practicing five days a week like you want them to for 30 minutes each time, mm-hmm. you know. And it might just be two times a week. Some weeks it might be nothing. And they just still want to come to singing lessons because this is an outlet for them for their stress too. Yeah. So it's important to to realize that too. So there definitely is uh, that as well. And sometimes we are a safe space for many Of our students, yes, and it is somewhere that you know we have our very. I know singing teachers are by nature usually very nurturing people, and it can put their students at ease and they feel comfortable. Sometimes, maybe not enough comfortable to talk about all their problems, but (laughs) just to to be able to and and they shouldn't have to. I mean, we're not therapists, but we still can do a lot for them. And some of the things we can do is teach them about some techniques for stress management, mm-hmm. um, putting it in a way that they know that it is good for their voice as well. Um, sure, so that, sure. You know, put it in the context of lessons uh, rather than becoming a health coach all of a sudden. <laughs> but, of course, of course. Know, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's t- making sure that you know, are you sleeping enough? Are you eating well? You know, these things are important. Hydration, all those things that we know are important for singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even sometimes if if they are acting up, all of a sudden sometimes you might even say, ask them if there is something going on in their lives that is making them feel uh, that they can't focus in lessons. And, you know, it could be a simple yes or no answer they might give you, but it still gives you something to mm-hmm. to be aware of. And if it's a young kid, you know, you might even make a, a discussion with the parents about that and see if there is something that needs to be done.
0: I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you put, put that up, and I'm going to put a disclaimer in here. First of all, I should have done this at the beginning of the podcast. So uh, we're not... We're not medical professionals. We're not giving professional medical advice. You must seek that out. And I will always be the first to advocate. If you are working with young children, you are working with moms and dads. And these kind of conversations cannot be done without mom and dad or at least one guardian or parent present, I think um, we have to take that responsibility. And, and I, I know that there may be situations, if you know, remotes to situations where you maybe think the child is in danger. That might be different. But in most cases, we should not be having these conversations without mom and dad present. I'm just going to put that out there. Just protect yourself yeah, and, no. oh, and and absolutely and be careful. Don't, don't take things into your own hand if you are not qualified to do so. There. Disclaimer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so no. a ahead. couple of things, though, that we can do in the studio is work on breathing, mm. which is very good, uh, especially if we engage some of our breath practice with nasal breathing ah nasal yeah uh and there is debate in the singing world whether we should be more uh doing more nose breathing or mouth breathing or a bit of both or and some people will want to just do all mouth breathing um which can be drying for the voice anyway so we don't want to be if we have a chance even in, in within a song to breathe through our nose we should should Mm -hmm. uh, because there are lots of benefits to it but as we do our breath work the thing also deep breathing through the nose can stimulate the vagus nerve Mm. and condition it because the vagus nerve is one of the nerves that does go from the brain to our sympathetic nervous system and you know to our heart to lungs and it's one of those things that feeds back and forth from that to the brain so it's quite an important one in and when we do have our stress responses that's usually when we're feeling all um you know sweaty palms or breathing faster the heart beating faster you know that's all the vagus nerve sending those messages Mm -hmm. so so we can encourage deep breathing we can Work on our kids too uh, about developing growth mindset versus fixed mindset because quite of, often fixed mindset kids do tend to get more anxious. Mm. So that is something that we can do in the studio too, and and think about how we're framing quest, uh, framing the way we speak to them. Okay. Uh, I got I got this great set of cards. Uh, they're actually car- called conversation starter cards to develop growth mindset Ah. and so now my kids just love them now and they're saying can we do the cards and they have these beautiful pictures on the back of um, sea life which is very calming to look at but also interesting because it has the names of all these little sea creatures but um, but they love to pick it and it just has little questions about you know what was your biggest mistake today or what are you grateful for And just, and you get to know the kids a little better. You get to uh, interact with them. And sometimes it's, you can apply that into the singing as well. So Hmm. it's, yeah, it's, uh, I think the company is called Big Life, Big Life Journals. Oh, yes, I've seen those. Yeah. And they do these cards. But yeah, it's, um, and so from in my studio, that is one of my, mandates is i try to develop help develop a growth mindset for the kids because that's so important as singers too but in life in general but as singing too because so often you know, you either have talent or you don't mm. or you can do this or and you can't do that and and it's all just you know, i learning. i'm
0: so i'm going to put a link to that company i've seen that their work and the 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 Big Life Journal um, is getting some really fantastic reviews. And I know that uh, that some of the kids that I work with actually at school are doing a lot of growth mindset uh, work in the classroom. That is now an, a mandate for a lot of our school boards now. Um, and that's really interesting. I, I like the idea of maybe that something like that being part of the warm-up. You know, you pick your, you know, instead of picking your your exercise you're picking a card and starting with a conversation that's that's a brilliant idea
1: yeah and sometimes we um, we'll p- apply something that we've had there so, especially the younger kids they sometimes just absolutely can't think of anything mm-hmm. as, and and then we just talk about how how that might even apply to a character in a song or something and oh, just that's even brilliant. So, so that uh, they it's not, sometimes they feel uncomfortable if it's just about themselves, but if it's a character, then they can uh, relate to that in a way. So it's. So yeah. they could, those could very well be like an acting
0: prompt. And now for the My Music Staff Minute.
2: Hey, Full Voice listeners, Erin here to talk to you about writing professional emails. Despite the shift towards text messages as a preferred method of communication, As a business, you'll still need to communicate by email with students, parents, your teachers, and potential customers. Here are some of our top tips for remaining professional in your written communication. Use proper grammar. Disregarding spelling and punctuation, using slang, or shortening too many words will come across sloppy and unprepared. If grammar isn't your forte, install a free spell-checking tool like Grammarly. Always start with a greeting and sign off at the end. You don't need to be too formal. A simple, hello, at the beginning, and thanks, at the end, will do the trick. Stick to facts, not emotion. When replying to a negative email, your words are documented, and after you press send, you can't take them back. Leave your feelings and opinions out of it, and present the facts in a friendly but firm way. Stick to the tone of your brand. If you have a fun and free-spirited studio, but write very formal emails, there will be a disconnect between what students experience in lessons and how they feel when communicating with you. You may attract students who have a different expectation of your studio's culture and aren't the right fit. On the same note, if your email correspondence is too casual, your important messages may be disregarded or disrespected. Our final tip is to know when to take a breather or pick up the phone. Not every email needs to be replied to right away, and not every situation can be resolved in writing. Sometimes, you need to take a step back, cool off, and wait to reply. If you decide the situation calls for a phone call instead, be sure to follow up after by email, thanking them for making time to chat on the phone and briefly summarizing what was said. That way, you have a written record of the call in case it escalates. To help you keep track of emails to your students, start your 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today at mymusicstaff.com. And stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice Podcast.
0: So they could; those could very well be like an acting
1: prompt. Yeah, it, it, you can use them in many ways. Just use your imagination. I'm still discovering ways. So I love that. Thank you. Uh, also, just working on the kids' self-talk, like if they are struggling with uh, always talking negatively about, oh, I can't do that, or mm. you know they're afraid to try. Of course, kids are always afraid to try, or the teens, too, are especially at a vulnerable age where they just don't want to stand out and tend to pull into themselves a bit more. Uh, but really encouraging positive self-talk about things. So if they're singing something and you say, what did you like about that phrase instead of, you know, trying to fix things and just try to get them to say good things about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Because so often we get so stuck into the fixing the problems. Yeah. And and then they pick, they pick up on that too. And then they Mm -hmm. start feeling bad about, Oh, I did that again. I did that again. Oh, I'm not ever going to get this right.
0: So that is a hard one I find for me. I, I know, and I know it's challenging for a lot of voice teachers because we feel, well, we've only got this short amount of time with this student and I have to fix, 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 fix as many things as I possibly can. I know that I have ov- overwhelmed a student with constant corrections and I, I do, I have a little post-it note on my, on my piano, which is which just has a smiley face on it. And it's my cue just to tell them something really great. And what a difference that makes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then having that, you know, if you make them think about the positive things about what they're doing, their voice, you can still use that as a fix. You say, okay, well, you did that there beautifully. So now why don't you try this same, whatever you were doing there, do in this other phrase that was strategy.
0: So- Yeah. Yeah. Great.
1: So then they start realizing that they have the tools already, and they just need to be more, build awareness of where and when to use Mm them.
0: Good point. Good point.
1: So the other things is, yeah, and that actually kind of goes into um, what I was going to say being mindful, mindfulness and meditation practices are things that can really benefit stress. Mm -hmm. And It's being practiced more and more in schools and people in general are much more aware of this now. Now, there's a difference between uh, there's formal and informal mindfulness. And so meditation is more formal practice of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. But we can be mindful and develop mindfulness as we're practicing, or as we're singing. So that's one thing that we are trying to develop in our singers. But even just, you know, when they're, so even when they're adolescent, we can, again, develop, help them develop that mindfulness, and body awareness, and through our breathing exercises, and just be mindful of that doesn't have to be like, you don't have to do guided meditations with your kids. That's uh, something else, yeah, unless you feel comfortable doing that. But <laughs> But I mean, some I do that sometimes with some of my students do about five minutes of, of a guided meditation for relaxation or to bring awareness. But I am, have the um, certifications in stress resiliency. So, and have learned how to do guided meditation. So it's sure. certain things, you know, but if there's still, there's so many apps out there Mm-hmm. Yes. Or guided meditations too. I just like to, mine are a bit more geared towards singing in some ways. So mm-hmm. when I'm doing a relaxation or a gratitude one, um, you know, well, for relaxation meditations, I will spend a lot of time around the uh, jaw, the neck, telling them to relax through there and, uh, and feeling the shoulder, like they're laying on, the, on their supine on the floor then um, just feeling shoulder blades against the floor and things like that, which helps their posture, but it also helps them relax mm-hmm. and calm down. Um, if I'm doing a sort of a gratitude, if someone's having a lot of negative self-talk, it, in a gratitude meditation, I might ask them to you know, be grateful for the voice, the gift that they have of their voice, and that they can share it with people. And it, and not everyone can do what they're doing, and That's those reminder. sort of things. Yeah.
0: Now, can I ask how do you
1: how do you bring mindfulness into their practice? That's some. I guess it depends on the individual and how much they need. But part of it, uh, I have my their practice sheets, their logs that they keep, and in there as well, I have them. They have some questions, uh, well, they have goals that they have to set every Mm week. and Then there's two areas. One is, did I meet my goals? And what did I feel that I uh, feel good about or that I achieved? And what do I still need to work on? So Mm -hmm. those are being more mindful about practice Mm -hmm. uh, those kind of things so just being mindful and being aware of that i have these goals i have to go into the practice room with these goals and uh, and being aware of whether they're how they are doing with that so that's one level of mindfulness but uh, as far as doing uh, more mindfulness training kind of things, like for performance anxiety especially, it is a really good practice uh, to develop early on because this is the thing with performance anxiety specifically if we get to that, is that in the moment, if you're all wired, for some people just doing deep breathing is not going to work. That is something that you need to practice ahead of time and be used to doing. Mm So it's probably better for them to jump around and shake out their nerves and come to terms. But I do frequently have talks with my kids about performance anxiety. And we talk about visualization practices to help with uh, performance anxiety, um, as many athletes do that too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and I do that for for performance as well. I guess lots of musicians are doing it these days as well. So it does help. You get them imagining in real time their performance in as much detail and they will will tell you that they're already, you know, getting sweaty palms and shaking from just the thought of it. Mm -hmm. I said, that's okay. That's okay. You can be at ease with those feelings it's absolutely normal and the more you do it the more you can feel that you are more in charge of what's happening but don't try to be in charge of your nerves (laughs) that's also an important thing because yeah because it's quite often when things go south during a performance it's because you're so focused on all the symptoms of the nerves Mm -hmm. So, and you're like, I've got to stop my legs shaking. I've got to, oh no, I'm feeling, and then you're just like stuck in that feeling. Mm. <laughs> and that amygdala has hijacked you again. <laughs> so,
0: I've noticed, this is a personal question about some of my students mm-hmm. in my studio. I've noticed um, my young singers who are pretty, were pretty calm and relaxed and excited about performing. And they've now gotten into their tween years and they have done a complete 180 they're now very and these are these are performers they've performed before um are these are these symptoms these stressors heightened when they get like you know pre-puberty
1: and puberty is that all part of that yes of course they're Developing on so many different levels that, that right. going through puberty is just a huge change, and we shouldn't discount that as just, oh, yeah, well, it's just happening, but it's a big emotional change mm-hmm. and about being more aware of where they fit into the world. Oh, yes. You know, all that sort of thing, you know, the wanting to belong, trying to figure out their own individuality. Mm-hmm. And whether whether that will fit in with everyone else, and um, you know all those things that go on. Yes, it's it's a big time of anxiety for for teenagers, and even pr- the preteens are experiencing it more and more these days. And mm-hmm. it's um. Uh, and again, you know, the more they have resiliency strategies, the better off they are. Yes. Music can be a powerful help to with emotional um, to help with their emotions, and there were uh, there was a study, or I guess they they have done studies, but they find that the kind of music because so often it was thought that the kind of music. Kids listen to will influence them to be a certain way, mm-hmm. but rather the kind of music they're listening to is an expression of what they're feeling. Oh. So they're already in whatever. So if they are feel one drawn to those dark, moody, emo stuff, mm-hmm. then that's that's because that's what they're feeling, and so that they're connecting with it. It's not that they're listening to it and they're becoming emo.
0: <laughs> so yeah. I, so thank you for bringing that up because that's something yeah. that. I, that happened to me when I was, when I was young, I brought a song and it was just a folk song. It wasn't like anything rude or anything, but I brought the song that I was really connecting with to my, uh, to my music, my voice teacher at the time. And she was very unkind about it. She was like, well, this doesn't have this and this, is this. And that, that was the beginning of the end of our relationship because she really uh, wounded me with her dismissal of this piece of music. And it was the story that I, you know, that I was really connecting to. And I loved the singer and and she she really was quick to, to knock it down. And I know that's a challenge in our studios. We have people, you know, we have kids bringing songs that... That we just think, oh gosh, how are we going to do this? You're too young, blah blah blah. But we have to be very mindful and very respectful of that music. And same with the music that a family listens to, um, we can't be, we can't be discriminate, we can't discriminate against that. Yes. And we have to be kind. And you're, I, I like what you say about that's what they're feeling, and we need to recognize that.
1: Yes yeah it's important and though music can be a calming influence for for many people and it can help them deal with things but it isn't an emotional regulator so that's still mm. something they need to learn how to regulate their emotions so that's that's a big challenge and of course that's more than we can do in our Half hour to 45 minutes a week that we see these young people. Absolutely. So, so that's, you know, and as much as we, I find with many, with many um, students, even though you see them for many years, so, you know, multiple years often, still we only see them once a week for 30, we, 36 weeks to 40 weeks. You know, whatever your teaching schedule is. And some, some of them, though, they are drawn to us and find us a big influence. For many of us, it's just like, oh, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Sure. You, you aren't the center of the universe. We feel kind of like, yeah, we want to be there for each and every one of our students and bring mm-hmm. something special to them. But for some of them, the reality is that, you aren't really that special a person. It's true. And, and th-
0: thank you. That's yeah. a great reality check. Yeah. We do not, the, the planet does not revolve around us. There we go.
1: <laughs> that, you said and it I think,
0: nicely, I, but it's true. We're, it's, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's, um, you know, something that we do have to recognize that, you know, we won't be able to make so a lot of changes for them, but we can still be there as mentors and as um, A good role model for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, as as teachers, we do and should try to not bring any of our baggage into the teaching studio. And even when we're having bad days, we have to have our own ways of coping so that when we come into the studio, we can bring the best we have to offer to our students. So so it's also important for us to manage our emo- have strategies to cope with our own stress and nice. become resilient. I mean see this is why when we talk about stress management and stress resiliency it is that we're not trying to stop stress. Stress is a normal part of life. It's mm-hmm. just going to be there and it's how we are going to be able to bounce back from the stresses in our life and carry on with doing the things we need to do, mm. and that's a really important thing for us to recognize that you know we have to let that that, that stress is going to be there. I mean yeah. there are certain situations that, yeah, we can probably eliminate certain stressors in our lives, mm-hmm. whether it's a bad relationship or. You know, a certain situation or maybe overextending ourselves, we can back off and say no to learn to say no to things. But aside from those kind of strategies, stress will always come into our lives. And so it's just how do we have the tools to be resilient?
0: A good reminder. Mm -hmm. A good reminder. Elizabeth, thank you. I, I love when you come on the podcast. You have great strategies, great resources. Um, I'm going to put a link to all of your information, your website. And um, I look forward to seeing you in Knoxville later this year. I can't wait to give you a big hug. Um mm-hmm. Uh, And of course, we'll have you back because you always bring in some great ideas and and, uh, resources. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for
1: this wonderful conversation. Yeah, Well, thank you, Nikki. It's been a pleasure as always.
0: A very special thank you to Elizabeth. Please check the show notes for all links for products mentioned today in this podcast. As always, I would like to invite you to visit our website, www.thefullvoice.com. We have endless free downloads, articles, lots of strategies for your teaching studio. Please take advantage of all we have to offer. If you are enjoying this podcast, take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That helps us immensely. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. May my like canoe music. Canoe music.ca.